Can you, uh, am I coming through nice and clear? Yeah, you're good. Perfect. One second. I'm going to turn up your volume. Okay. I am, um, if at times it looks like I'm not looking at you, it's because I'm looking at the monitor. So it looks like All I'm right. talking to this big monitor that you're on. You've probably seen it on the videos and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So how you been? How, things are a little bit strange right now, huh? Things are so strange right now. Holy freaking... I've been all right, though. How you been? You hold up at home? I'm at home, yeah. And, um, I mean, the weirdest... Like, like I, I can train at home. Can you train at home right now? A little bit. What, what's... what's you just not have all the equipment you need? Well, I have a, a squat stand that's a little, a little shaky that I've just been squatting behind the of. So I can get it done. But... It's been interesting, for sure. Yeah, it's not quite the same. You got, like, dumbbells? Because obviously, like, dumbbells, machines, and stuff are right out the window for me. I don't have a single dumbbell, so I've been doing landmine everything. Actually, no, I shouldn't say it. I got dumbbells. I don't have machines, lap pull-downs, stuff like that. But Yeah. yeah. You got to get real creative in this time. At least we got weights, though. There are people who are stuck who don't have anything. I'm so happy to have a barbell. I couldn't care less. Yeah. I got buddies who are... And people started reaching out to you, asking if they could come over and work out. For sure. And what do you say? <laughs> no kidding. It is like, it's tough because I get it. I feel for them, but it's not like, you know, it's just things are going to spread that way. Yeah, and I don't want to get burned at the stake either. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. Well, so. the, it's, it's weird how right now when people post that they're in a gym, I don't know how it works if people are in a gym and it's like private and it's not like everyone's in there or if they just have the keys to the place and it's like they're lifting at home. Or what right. the deal is, or if it, like some states, it's not all the same, right? Some of them are, you're allowed up to five people, so it's not against the rules, against the law, against the lockdown. Some states or cities are in complete state of emergency where it's, um, you know, you can't even go to a park. So yeah. there is a bit of public, uh, like, I don't want to say, I don't know, persecution's a little too strong of a word, but you know, might not be. <laughs> public shaming, no less. And sure. it's, people don't quite understand it's not across the board where we're all on the same page with what you're allowed to and not allowed to do. Right. My gym just closed Wednesday. Wednesday at 5, we were forced to close. That's so yeah. it's only been a few days. Yeah, that's relatively short. I mean, there's some places yeah. it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm in North Carolina now, but I'm from New York State, and they've been closed down for a few weeks. Yeah. How so. is it in North Carolina? Uh, it's all right. Um, they're putting us in a, what do they call it, stay-at-home order starting Monday, so we're locked down then. It's, because um, I'm in a city right now where it's a state of emergency, and I, someone told me, I'm going to double check, that we can't even go to, like, the park, to, like, walk for, like, a dog park or whatever. Right, it's crazy. So you are, like, for real stuck at home where that's that. <laughs> I got Monday at 5, it's a shelter-in-place order for the next 30 days. I'm not quite sure what that means. You can go to the grocery store and, like, I don't know, hardware stores, just random shit. I don't know. It, 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 yeah, I, you got to double-check because you will straight up – people are getting bold. They'll stop you and be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Are you oh, for sure. I know, yeah. I'm good until tomorrow at, like, 4.59. Yeah, it's it's strange. I don't even um yeah. So when I post some videos, some people have actually messaged me saying like, "Do you think you should be posting these?" Uh, it's encouraging people to go to gyms, but I'm like, man, I don't know, I don't know what it's like in their city if they're allowed to or not. I don't want to assume the worst. Right, for sure. I don't know. They got in the gym somehow. 
Maybe they have a key. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. They got this somehow. They bust it down the front door. It's 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 gonna be interesting what they're gonna do with the IPF like World Championships and these competitions coming up because with everybody, some people don't have access to a barbell, or For sure. if they do, it's limited, right? Like maybe right. maybe you got some weights you don't have all the weights you need. Um, right. So I mean, you see some creative stuff. Like I've seen Jonathan Keiko bench pressing off the of chairs. It's some weird. I don't know if you see that where he's like, <laughs> he's literally on like a fucking coffee table and bench. And this guy's got a five hundred pound bench press. Um, so, yeah, I know bigger guys are doing at least. You know, shit on what is not that heavy. I'm not gonna die under a bench like the bench failed. You know. But if but, it, if that if the world holds and we come out of lockdown in time for worlds. But then people might not have full-on training cycles. Right. So I don't know what it's going to look like. If some people, yeah. like the rankings, I don't know. the rankings could be really badly shaken up. For sure. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not, I don't know how they're going to do it. And then you hear also stories about 2020 could be a total wrap. Like, they're like, man, this thing's going to come. And uh, it's the uncertainty, isn't it? Where it's like, is yeah. this wrap? Am I trying yeah, to say like one month. Some people are like 18 months. Yeah. I don't see how 18 months works. Like... The world's going to collapse in 18 months. Yeah. yeah. Economic. I mean, yeah, exactly. Do, do you do you yourself, do you have a day job that's outside of powerlifting, or do, are you a powerlifting coach? I have like a thousand jobs. So I <laughs> manage, <laughs> I mean, what it's kind of like. So I am a manager at a big gym, so that's kind of my day job. And then I coach out of there also. Um, I'm an online coaching business, and then I'm also an adjunct professor at a college. So this does impact you then. I guess the... For sure. Uh, yeah, so it, it's one of those deals as well where, like, financially speaking, when we come out of this, some people yeah. are going to have to take a backseat. Be like, look, I can't afford to go fly around the world. I can't afford to... It, it, there's much bigger problems. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Are you worried about... Like, I saw um, Steve Gentilly. He posted the last day when he's closing the doors to his gym. And he was just doing, like, a like a camera clean sweep of the gym showing it all. And he's like, look, I remember when I first started doing personal training and just saving money every week while working, you know, other jobs like you were doing, just banking money with the dream of one day owning a gym and right. um, hustling my ass off 16, 12 hour days, 16 hour days, seven days a week. Um, and finally getting a gym in place. And now I'm faced with, I could lose it all. And they could, like, that's, that's, you're like, and, and he's doing that as he's, that's the caption of the clean sweep of his gym. And it's like, fuck, man, that's tough. That's some people yeah. in that gym, you know? I mean, that's going to be most small businesses. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine small businesses being able to stay closed for over two months. Yeah. Or so more. I don't know. Or possibly even more. I mean, Or even more, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know the good solution, but... It's, um, I've, some gyms I've heard reached out. So there's a CrossFit gym. You know, CrossFit's like crazy expensive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a CrossFit gym, I think it was like $170 a month just to go to the facilities. And you aren't, you're going during class time. You're not going whenever you want to go. You go during class time. It's not one-on-one. You're one of a class. And, right. Um, 170 bucks a month. And I guess they sent out an email to all their members saying, do you want, like, if you're going to cancel, you're going to cancel. If you're going to pause the membership, you're going to pause the membership. But we ask that you don't and um, to support the gym, to keep the gym going so it's still here when you return. 
And here's some stuff you can do at home. We'll do some home program. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. If I was in their shoes, I'd be thinking, man, I better drop that $170 a month. I better drop that to like, what is the lowest possible money I could operate and keep the doors open? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Like if everyone pitches in this amount, you know, just to pay our rent and minor utilities. That's it. If you give, yeah. if you give this to me, because the girl I was talking to that well, was a member of this gym and uh, got this email, she's like, "Hell no! Like I can't. I'm not paying a hundred in hundred seventy dollars. You're getting you, you're taking it anyways. Like that's a hit. That's a that's crazy. that's insane. Yeah. So then on top of that, hundred seventy dollars and you don't even have access to the gym is like, come on, man. What are we talking about? This is yeah, yeah. This is crazy. And I'm like, man, if you just sat down, even if you had like a some kind of, like shot out an email and be like, look, we want to keep the doors open. We want to be fair to other people as well. What do you guys think is acceptable? Even if you did like a, like a, some kind of like whatever you can afford during this time to keep, For sure. you know, work with people and they're a lot less, they're a lot less likely to leave you. If you're like, look at what can you afford to help out? And you know, a lot of people are like, fuck, I don't want to walk away. Even if it's 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. Most people want their gym there when they come back. And I think yeah. most people understand that it won't be if they don't have any income coming in. So yeah. I don't know. We suspended um, dues for April. So I work out of a really big facility. It's about, about probably 40,000 square foot, two oh. pools. So just a huge place. Yeah. So keeping this place up and running is pretty expensive. So it's going to be interesting the next, if this lasts longer than 30 days for sure. Yeah. And that's, it, you know, gyms, it depends on the size of the gym. Is this a chain by chance? Or- no, it's a privately owned. So I'm in a pretty small community. It's just a privately owned, small uh, community gym. Just huge building. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a, definitely a different situation than most people are in. So It's also going to be interesting, like with powerlifting coaches, <clears throat> there's some people who that's, that's how they make 100% of the money, not just a piece. For sure. And maybe some of the bigger coaching services will be able to sustain this and, and ride this wave. Maybe they got to let a couple people go and trim, trim it down a little bit, or maybe, you know, it depends like because it happened so quickly, you really, a lot of people didn't have time to turn around and get another job. It's not, no. like, you know what I mean? Where it's not like, Hey, look, here's this come down the road this summer. So get yourself a summer job. That's going to be around. I mean, there's hardly any jobs right now anyway. Where are you going to work? We're talking 20% unemployment coming up. Yeah. I mean, whoo. It's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, and then and then here comes a situation where with desperate times, you have desperate people. And my buddy, he was saying, and this is kind of wild. This is like some purge level stuff. He's he's at his sister's, right? And he's in the basement. The sister and the husband, her husband upstairs. And I guess like, Two o'clock in the morning, the dog's going wild, like barking like crazy. And um, so he heard it. He remembers waking up and he's like, what the shit? And he remembers falling back asleep. So the next morning, his sister's like, did you hear the dog Marlo going nuts last night? And he goes, yeah, what was that all about? Apparently some dudes were outside going up and down the street with a a wheelbarrow and like duffel bags in the wheelbarrow. And they were like four dudes in their early 20s. And how sketchy does that look? Right. What? There's absolutely no good that could come from that. You're like, okay, what the fuck is this all about? 
No good ever comes from a group of 20-year-old men together, for one thing. Yeah, well, that's true, too. Two o'clock in the morning, they, yeah, they're, they're not. Definitely not, then. They're not, yeah, exactly. They're not like, do you guys need help getting groceries? We're just, we're concerned. <laughs> we're concerned citizens. No, no. <laughs> no, never. These are bad dudes. And apparently, to make it even crazier, so the dog was going nuts. One of the dudes, and this is where it gets creepy. One, the dog, their dog is going nuts. One of the dudes walked up to the house, knocked on the window of the door, front door, and said, I can hear you. Oh, my God. You know, like, you get chills, like, <laughs> you know how bold that is? Where it's like, yeah. what are you looking at? Now, I'm like, was he talking to your sister or the dog? And he's right. like, I think the dog that was barking, but my sister was behind the door with the lights on. So he probably seen there's people that, whether he's talking to the dog or the sister, that's a whole level of boldness where you're like, what are you looking for here? Are, are, are you looking for yeah. them to come out or say, like, what are you, that's weird, man. So what, how does the story end? <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that chilly? Where you're uh, like, yeah. This is, this is, and, and, and this is week one. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of anarchy are we in for with all these people out of work and people are yeah. getting desperate for sure. That's where, when people, like, like when you hear politicians um, talk like a little too frank, where they say things like, look, your grandparents are okay with dying for the economy. Your grandparents are, are cool with that. Trust me. It's all good for the economy. You know when we have movies like The Purge are like, look, it's good for the system. It's good for the normal. Right. Some people got to die. Some people got to die. It's for the greater good. Once we start talking like that, it's like, holy <laughs> shit, what are we talking about? I know. Uh, I don't know. It's wild. It is. This is, this is, um, if you told me 2019, 2020 is going to look like this, I'd be like, holy shit, this is nuts. It's been a long ass month, or a long ass year already, rather. Yeah. Because it is, it does feel like it's, like time is going by quicker. Like it, when you think about a few weeks ago when we were just at the gym, I remember when this first broke and being at the gym, talking to some people being like, man, I'm not too worried. This is probably overblown, right? And everyone's like, yeah. Right. And we're looking around, like, there's not a lot of people in the gym. You're thinking, what the fuck are people so afraid of? And, yeah. right, and I didn't think, I'm thinking, this isn't, this is going to blow over. This isn't that bad. I was totally ignorant. I had no idea. Right. But, well, it's not blowing over. That's for damn it, sure. <laughs> it ain't blowing over. Apparently, no. Apparently, the reason why it's so scary is it can survive on surfaces for, like, so long. And and you can carry it for, like, two weeks or more with no symptoms. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's wild. Yeah, so that's how it's going to spread. It can yeah. spread to, like, half the population. So if half the population gets it, if the – so when people say, like, the flu, the death rate of the flu and the death rate of this is very similar. Well, that's, that's cool, but – um, if this is far more contagious and hits half the population, if the death rate percentage of people who get it is the same, but far more people got it, you do the math, are the healthcare systems, they were like calling people up, being like, can you come out, of, like nurses and doctors, can you come out of retirement to come to the front lines? That's crazy. I know a respiratory therapist, and she said they are uh, calling people out of school to come work. Yeah. So second-year students, they're like, yeah. no, you can work now. Guess what? No. Yeah, guess what? you got a job. It's, it, right. It's a little scary when you find out how contagious it is, not even just for yourself, because I'm not looking. We're probably going to be all right. Yeah. But, but they're, everybody's got some old people around or whatever. It would be, yeah. it would be fucked up if you killed grandma. 
It would be terrible. My grandma's on lockdown, so I have like 25 cousins, and I think we all call her, call her once a day and say, stay home. Stay home. So she's, she's locked in right now. Yeah. You got 25 cousins? Holy smokes. Yeah, my mom's one of seven, so. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Big family. Is, so, how, okay, let's get this out the way. How do I say your last name? Ah, Suplicky. Suplicky? Suplicky. Suplicky. Yeah. plicky. Now like suplicky, but you were you were pretty close. I was close, man. I go. I've done some weird ones in the last year. Suplicky. I'm pretty sure in uh, 2018 nationals they said Sputnik. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that just gave up. You, you just straight up. That person just gave up and it's like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I think in 2019 they just said we'll just call her Brittany S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. I well, I'm the king of nicknames anyways. Sometimes I'll give like a nickname if I can and I'll rock with it. And if it works, it works. But you can't yeah. have, you can't have a flight of people, eight people and every single person has a nickname. Cause then it gets like, all right, man, what are we talking, what are we doing here? They're not children, right. for God's sake. They're not children. But, uh, right, right. No, I, uh, my last name's Lapidat and I've heard my last name so many, so many different ways. Um, yeah. So I feel your pain. And as the IPF commentator, at the it's the world championship, so you have people from all over the world with all types of different names. Oh yeah, right. It's not like you you see it's like twenty letter blog. You can I buy a vowel? It, some of them is, <laughs> is some of it. You see some stuff where like, yeah. you have letters back to back, side by side. You're like, I've never seen these letters S Z P. Uh, like you know all this like how? I hope all of these are silent because I can't do that. It's 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 like I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what we're working with here. Oftentimes, I'll go back with like a notepad and I'm asking them, how do I say your name? Pronunciate your name for me. And they're going piece by piece, right? And I'm writing it down phonetically, not like how it is. And I'm yeah. asking this one dude, ah, oh, man, I'm told, I, I don't know where he's from, but fuck it, we'll say he's from like Latvia or some shit. And he's yeah. watching me, or Kazakhstan, something, and he's watching me write it down. He's like, no, 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 my friend, my friend. And he's trying to spell it out. And I'm like, no, dog, I got you. I, 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 can I, need it. I can see one of the nominations. I can spell you. I got your name. I'm like, how do I, I need say, this. <laughs> yeah, how do I pronunciate it? So he's pronunciating it. And I'm writing it how I'm going to say it. And he goes, no, 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 my friend, my friend. We did this like five times. I'm like, my man, just tell me how to say your name. You got to say that. Don't look at what I'm writing on this. I'm not publishing this. It's fine. That's right. Don't look at what I'm writing down. I'm not writing. I'm not penning you a letter, kind sir. But right. uh, I try my best whenever. A couple of the toughest ones I've had is um, the Polish dude. So is your last name Polish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's my married last name. My gotcha. maiden name's Murphy, which maybe I should have kept. Oh, <laughs> shit. That would have been it. You know what? Here's a funny story. So I, my old roommate, his last name, he's Polish. And his last name was Splavicki. And um, it's funny you said it. It reminds me, everyone at his job used to always make fun of his last name. So hard to say, whatever, right? And he was at a wedding of one of his colleagues, and um, they because they always used to make fun of his last name, he had to give a speech at this wedding. And he's like, I used to do like motivational speeches at schools and shit like that, and like, uh, whatever, business chamber commerce and stuff like that. And I always wrote them and like practiced the shit out of them. So I didn't have to know it off by heart, but I knew where I was going when I was going to give the presentation and give this motivational speech. I had a direction. And he was like, I remember I was going to give the speech at his wedding. And he's like, listen to me. And his wife's in the room. He's like, 
make sure you fucking write it down. Even if it's going to be funny, don't worry about it. You don't have to read it. But know what you're going to say. He goes, because one time I gave a speech at a wedding and I got cocky. Because he did a lot of like, he's a manager at a bank and he does a lot of business chamber of commerce speeches as well. So he feels really comfortable. He got cocky and he's like, I'm just going to wing this thing. I don't need to, I don't need to write this down or nothing. Shows up the, <laughs> he shows up at the wedding and he's giving the speech and he says a joke about, he meant to say, you know, you always wanted my last name because his name was so hard to say, but because it's a fucking wedding and she's <laughs> taking her husband's last name it came off really weird, like you right. wanted, like you wanted to marry me. <laughs> everybody yeah, just laughed on the room for sure. Everybody was like, "Oh my god!" And he said, he said it took himself a second to realize what he just said and how it took. And then he looked over his wife in the crowd, and she was like, "Put her head down with her hand up," and he's like, "Oh no!" And then he did, he did what you never do when a joke bombs. He tried to explain the joke. And it's just, keep it moving, buddy. Don't, so it's like, no, no, wait, what I meant to say was, no, and then it just, that's when everyone realizes you're bombing, and they're like, oh my god. It was like, he was so cringy, he's like, please, move on, man, stop. Go sit down. Wrap it up, wrap it up, be like, ah, whatever, just keep it moving. So his advice was, always come prepared. Don't get cocky, don't wing it, man. And he had... Um, his last name was uh, Splifiki. So I knew as soon as I saw your name, I'm like that's gotta be Polish. Oh yeah, for sure. I got I almost I almost myself got a little cocky with how I thought I was gonna say it, like I should have this. My roommate was Splifiki. That's close. It's super similar to that. So yeah. It's um it's the Polish the toughest last name I had to pronounce at the world's was a Polish dude. It was and I mean um, this is my interpretation of his last name. Even his first name. We would say Christoph versus Becky. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he, I asked him one time, I was like, how do I say your name, my man? I don't want to butcher this on you. And he's like, Christoph versus Becky. Like, it was like, what the fuck? And then I tried to say it, and he's like, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I got to warm up. I really don't give a shit. Just come No, exactly. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It is what it is. I don't got time to teach a Polish right now. Okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah, no doubt. But um, is your husband, so your mom's, was it your mom's side that is got all of the cousins and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mom's one of seven, so I have uh, 25 first cousins. I don't know, a shit ton of second cousins now at this point, I guess. Wow. So what's, are you guys like proximity close in terms of location? um, Most of my family is still up in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. So not so much anymore. We're about 800 miles south of there. Okay. So my husband and I live here on the coast of North Carolina. Uh, he's in the military. That's how we ended up here. And yeah, we like it. So we're staying for a while. Is it, how close are you guys in terms of age range? Um, I'm one of the younger ones. I think probably the youngest of us is 20 and the oldest is 40-ish. Oh, there's a spread. I mean, yeah, big spread. You, were you guys tight growing up? For sure. Yeah, my family's still really close. I was actually on a Zoom virtual happy hour with them last night. And how many? With a bunch of my cousins. How many? How many? How many people? It was twenty five. Crazy. I, I think it was like fourteen of us Holy on this last night. <laughs> so we're all still super close. Yeah, it's funny. We don't talk like all the time, but when we do, 
It's like you need to have her miss a beat. You guys can like feel the football team. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally scary. Yeah, that was a good one. We're all pretty small, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, wowzers. So do you guys like growing up? We like in terms of, like Christmases and in all the holidays. Nuts. Crazy yeah. madness. Wow. And then so where I'm from, I'm from Buffalo, New York. So pretty small houses in a city, you know. So we'd all stuff ourselves into like little South Buffalo houses and uh, have like I don't know forty people in there. Holy Hilarious. Shit. I can't even picture that. <laughs> so funny. Really? Yeah, I was home for, we drove up for New Year's this year. We missed Christmas because I had to work. But uh, we drove up for New Year's, and it was the same thing, just like madness. Is, and, and how many people are in, like, your husband's side of the family? Is he used to a family that big? Oh, no, he's an only child. Oh, my God. Talk about yeah, the total opposite. The total opposite. He loves it, though. Yeah, because he, he, it's something that he never had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fits right in, so it's perfect. My family accepts all people. They don't care. Yeah. Everyone's family to them, so is yeah. it like that? Yeah, well, my well, shit, man. They probably lose track and they're like, "Oh, is he one of us?" I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is I don't know you, you meet him out there, you're like he could be a second cousin. I don't know. Fuck, I don't it's know. a good wedding to crash for sure. That's right. There's too damn many people to shoot <laughs> through six degrees of separation. You could have a third cousin. I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is, man. But no yeah, one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's um. It's fun. Like, I'm. I have a, a older brother, younger sister. And it would be so different. Like, when you're an only child, like, shit, can you imagine right now in lockdown being an only child? Oh my gosh. Boring. Not only, but your parents would be... Like, yeah, they would, that's, your parents are like, fuck me, we should have had one more. They're like, this is this is a little tough. I have, oh, my God. I have two nieces, and they're like, you know, five and nine. And they are voice video calling me like... I'm literally trying to work and they're calling me throughout the day and asking me, like, messaging me. And I'm like, I guess there's like a Facebook messenger for kids now that they have or whatever. And they are all over there. I'm so bored. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? Can I video call you? I'm like, man, I am working. I can't. What am I going to do in 30 days? They're going to lose their mind. That's why I'm like, are, can you guys not have friends? Is there other friends up the street that are quarantined? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, play with your sister. You got it. You play with your brother. This is a younger brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, quick. And you know you know what it's like because you got siblings. How quickly yeah. you could get on each like it can go from friendly to unfriendly real quick. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's yeah. Do you think? I mean, it's interesting. I'm not sure if if there's any studies or whatever, or informal or polls about athletes with with siblings similar, somewhat close to age. If there's more or less, but I know for myself, like when you got a sibling, for instance, I remember. I grew up and there's these two brothers who wrestled and they're twins. Okay, so they both became like super quick in terms of like their their rapid growth and progress within the sport of wrestling. National champions, provincial, or from Canada, same as state champions with wrestling um, on the international team. And it's like, well, I guess so because when they go home, you got a training partner every day. Every day. And you're so competitive. So I know my siblings and I are super competitive. Yeah. Like, I think everything is a competition. My whole life is a competition. It's always done like that. And you also learn things like um, like compromise. Like, if you got if you got a, a sister or brother, you got to play together. They want to play whatever, something different. You want to play this game, they want to play that game. You better work it out. Your parents are like, shut up and work it out. I don't, I'm not, right. don't ask me. Work it out. Figure it out. Yeah. You know, you learn sure. skills like that for sure. Yeah. Are, are, do you, are your siblings at all, did they get into sports? 
Um, yeah, my sister was a Division One rower, like crew team rowing. Wow. So she uh, walked, she, my sister's super talented at everything. She walked on to that team, never rowed a day in her life, tried out, and ended up, uh, yeah, rowing Holy on the first boat. Shit! She's insane. I remember her senior year of high school, she decided, nah, I don't want to play softball anymore, so she did track, and she ended up making, um, I don't know, states for a few different events. She's just Super talented. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always that. And then my brother's not too much into sports actually. So What's not he for into, him. Is he into other things though? Um I don't know. If I how he was. He's kind of a workaholic also, so uh he has a number of jobs to keep busy like that. So did you have did you always have you and your sister meet? Because it sounds like you and your sister are a little more similar. How close in age are you and your sister? Um, I'm 27 and she's 25, so pretty close. Oh, yeah. That's like me and my brother. Yeah. It's close enough. It's Is she, like, similar in terms of stature? Because me and my brother, this is what killed me. My brother's two years older, and he's six one and a half. I'm five nine. And this, So this dude, not only was he two years older, so when you're 15, he's 17. He's going to be bigger anyways. Yeah. But even when we're already maxed out, he's bigger anyways. So it was yeah. always, like... All right, we were just talking now. It's competitive, but it's like, well, shit. I, you know, it makes you. It, it was okay because it made me work harder. Like I was a kid when I was 13, 12 in the basement lifting weights. No idea what I was doing, but I'm lifting weights. Like this dude's gonna stop picking on me at some point. Right. <laughs> right? Were you my sister's. My sister's actually. So I'm only like five foot tall or so. She's probably five five or five six, so she's a bit taller. They more built like an athlete, you know. There's not many sports where being five foot tall is an advantage. Yeah. Aside from powerlifting, so that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I am that, so she's always been probably more athletic than I was. Yeah. So it's I. It's the height. Height. I don't know if it's as big a deal for girls. Is it for guys? It is. I don't mind being really short. It's never bothered me, but certainly it's not like. I don't know. I don't think it's beneficial in any sport aside from powerlifting that I can it's think true. of right now. It is true where um, I'm an 83. Or gymnastics. Maybe gymnastics. Gymnastics. Yeah, you're right. Gymnastics. It's, um, I'm an 83 kilo lifter and at five, like five nine is not like short. It's like around average for the, but when I walk to like a powerlifting competition or five, when the world championships. You're I'm, tall. Dude, I'm like a fucking, ba- they're like, who's this fucking tall glass of water walking around? Sometimes I walk in and I'm like. Why, why, why did I get so big? It's, it's, <laughs> I feel so much bigger than ever. Let me tell you, when I walk in and it's 83 kilo boys or 74 kilo boys, even the 93s, I'm taller than most of them. I'm like, I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking pictures with everybody side by side. My ego, <laughs> I'm a fucking, I look like a model right now. I'm so tall and lean, you know? Right? It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But it is, um, and that's why when certain people stand out when they're like tall, lean, and they're shifting the kind of weight they're shifting, they're, yeah. they're like the vampires who are daywalkers. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> what, 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 what do you get? Best of both worlds? What are you trying to prove? Yeah, like, how do you get it off? Not fair, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Where do you get off having the best of both worlds? Right. Come on. It is what it is. Um, when you were growing up then, as, as like five foot, did you, what sports were you involved in? So I actually rodeoed most of my life. So like barrel race, shit like that. Yeah, that's what so I did. Sick. Yeah. I did most of, mostly, that's what I did up until I was probably about 17 when I kind of just uh, got out of that. Just got too expensive and time-wise. So being small was no hindrance to that at all, at least. What, 
you gotta tell me about this rodeo right now. Okay, because for <laughs> you, for you, it's probably like, yeah, you know exactly what it is. But for me, I'm like, what does that mean? What, what does this entail? Have you ever seen? Uh, so hard to describe if you've never seen anything. Like you're turning on the TV and seeing like I don't know a person on a horse running around a barrel. That's I can describe it. Yeah. That's a, yeah. You have. Yeah. That's what I did. Okay. It, it, that is precisely. Is this like a wild horse that's trying to buck you off? No, no, well-trained horses. Okay, 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 okay. So you had, I mean, you work, you, most people have their own horse, you train with them all the time, and yeah, you trailer them around, basically, and go compete. It's a speed base, so fastest time wins. Uh, gotcha. Super simple. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah so I you, keep my sport simple. Did you, <laughs> that's the, and did you, did you, like, own your own horses at the time? Yeah, yeah. So the horse I rodeoed off of was actually borrowed, but we did own our own horses also at the time. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up all over the place. My childhood was a little crazy, but um, spent a lot of time in a very rural area of New York State and grew up on a farm. So oh, wow. I moved heavy shit for a long time. Is it so? So like, so it was basically like a, a barn. You did you do like all the chores? Is this like one of those stories where that's where you built your strength initially and discipline? For sure. Hundred really? percent. So the barn I rodeoed out of was like a fifty horse barn. So oh. that's a shit ton of grain and hay. So we used to do hay all summer and stack that. And I was, I mean, I was a hundred pounds most of my childhood. But I don't get you out of shit. So, yeah, for sure. I remember loading up wheelbarrows with like six hundred pounds worth of grain and oh. pushing them to the next barn because I didn't feel like making two trips. <laughs> you, you know, have you ever seen that quote where they said? Um, forget who it was some famous ceo he's like i don't hire people he goes i like to hire someone who's lazy sometimes because they're going to figure out the most efficient way to get a job done that might be me that's me too it's true where it's like look at man i could do two trips or fuck it let's just load this up and see what i can do never took a two grocery trips in my life my husband gives me the hardest time on it i have like 14 bags and boxes i'm coming in i don't care you're like, I'm gonna make it, or I'm gonna die trying. I don't care. He wants to do two trips. You're like, what are you talking about? You got pockets. Come on, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The neighbor, right, stop being a whip. Get the hell out of here. Get out of my way. I got this. You're like, the neighbors are watching. You're embarrassing. You're embarrassing. <laughs> I often do that to him because he's kind of a bigger guy, so I'll just carry everything. And I'm like, I these people think you're an asshole, right? <laughs> And you, you're milking it too as you're carrying the bag. You're like, oh, this fucking guy. Why are you going to be so lazy, isn't it? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, can I help you with anything else, princess? Come on, get out. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. He's so like, I'm always doing it. <laughs> he's like, thank you for shaming me in front of the, the neighborhood. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so did you, so obviously, I mean, growing up on a farm, discipline and, and building up that strength. I mean, you, I heard stories about people waking up super early and getting after it, and then going to school, coming home, you got more to do. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, yeah. And then, like, weekends, we'd spend, so usually we'd miss school Friday. There's a few of us, that's why I keep saying we, but so we'd miss school Friday morning, have to get out of the barn by, like, 5 a.m., so be up at 3 a.m., do all the chores, out to travel to wherever the hell we were going that weekend. Then we'd spend the weekend there. Um, Yeah. Holy shit. For sure. It was It was fun. Well, was this through high school as well? Like this is this was through my high school. I didn't. I rodeoed in like high school rodeos, but it wasn't like a sanctioned sport or anything. Um, so we did it on our own. I rodeoed a few girls from a few other schools in the area. And were, I think were you were you um, in high school? Like, what kind of a what kind of a high school kid were you? 
Were you like at parties or were you like the type that, you know? No, I was so shy. Oh, really? I was like the shyest high school kid. Yeah, I didn't really talk to anybody. Um, I don't know. I'm type A, so really focused on grades and shit like that. No like, shit. I can't handle failure at all. And so, uh, yeah. But somehow I became really loud. Nobody believes that I was shy, but I was. It's, man, I tell you what. Like, it's, it's crazy because um, if you knew me in high school, I was like the same way. I was like super shy, super quiet. I wasn't looking for much attention or nothing. No. And then for like later on in life, for me to be doing, like I was on like a reality TV show um, and doing like uh, America's Got Talent. I'm not American, long story. Canada's Got Talent, Guinness World Record shows and doing like the commentating and like basically some media personality. If you knew me in high school, you would be like, like <laughs> it was, this is not. Who the hell is that? Who the fuck, like what happened there? And it's um, it's weird. I think I don't know. For me, I just got you know. It's I came to a point in my life where like people at some certain point were like, "Oh, you're you're a funny guy," and I was like, "I'm I'm funny." Like right. I don't know. I, isn't it weird? Like it sounds weird to say that, but there's a point yeah. in time where you don't even know. I I, I thought I, I make I can make myself laugh. I thought it was funny. That's why I said it. But you don't even know. Am I right? Am I? Do people like hanging out with me? Do people like talking to me? Am I entertaining? I don't know. It's yeah, weird. for sure. Did you come to Dallas? Like, I don't. I remember. And man, I was late in the game. I was like in my twenties. I was older than you when this finally started kicking in. When I finally started coming to pass, like I couldn't sit down with someone I never met, like yourself. We never met in real life. I, right. I, I, I don't know your background or whatever. I could sit down. We could shoot the shit for sixty to ninety minutes, and I'll keep that that going. Like we're doing right now, but there was a point in my life where I would be terrified to sit down with you. If I didn't know, I'd be like, I, I would be overthinking shit. Like this just wasn't me. I, I was the same way for sure. I swear I made a conscious decision like one year. I was like, shyness is not going to get you anywhere. It's time to stop. Yeah. And I just worked on it from then on out, I think. Yeah. Did you consciously yeah. work on it? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Did you make it a point of, or did it just kind of happen naturally? I kind of make it a point. I still do. Like, I tend to be an introvert. Like, I sit home with a book before doing anything. But I've made it a point, especially in my job, I have to. I interact with people all day. And then I teach students. So I have to make it a point to be more extroverted. So it's like a conscious effort. But then, I don't know, you see the rewards of it. So it's kind of a yeah. feedback loop. It, 100%. I, I, I remember, I forget what class I was taking. It was probably like an elective or something in university where it's like something about social... It, it wasn't social skills, but along that line. And I remember reading the book, and it saying basically, in terms of conversation, and I'm, man, this was later in the game too. I went back to university as an adult in my 20s. And it's weird to start learning how to do these social skills later as an adult, but sometimes it bees like that. Hey, look, sometimes people never learn these skills properly, right? For sure. And For I, sure. This book was saying, when you're talking to somebody, to get a conversation going, it isn't a trick, it isn't, there isn't, a special set of skills the biggest thing comes down to is just listen to what they're saying and ask a question and it'll continue and then right. ask another question and just it just goes where it goes and don't try to steer don't worry about just let it fucking go and that's you gotta remember people love talking about themselves right so if you can ask questions about themselves they'll keep talking for sure you're good and if you're if you're actually paying attention You'll have experiences similar, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I knew a guy, you know, who I knew a guy who has a Polish last name, and this, you know, or whatever, right?" It's just yeah, you'll always have some. 
people, no matter what, even though like you're a girl in her 20s, I'm a dude who's 40 in Canada, you're in the US, we got similarities, it doesn't matter. Like we, sure. there's always gonna be something you could branch off and start talking about. But um, yeah, man, those are the soft skills that I didn't develop. Like when I was growing up in high school, I was, I was pretty quiet. Yeah. And I had to branch off. Now, people in high school, did they, would they be shocked at what you're doing right now? I don't even know. I have no idea. I don't talk to anyone from high school anymore. I'm so far away. I don't talk to, I don't think a single person I went to high school with. I have lost contact with everyone, I think. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I didn't really have any close friends in high school because I was so shy, quiet, and then I was always gone with the rodeo stuff. So I do talk to one of the girls that I rodeoed with, I talk to uh, pretty regularly. That's probably my only contact from childhood, I suppose. also, though, you had, like, so many cousins and family that you're so tight with. That really was your clique. In terms of socialization, like, you had a lot. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was always a little bit of an outsider. And uh, I don't know, never found a place to fit in until I got out of high school, for sure. It is so interesting when sometimes you look at, like, what people develop into from high school. And you're like, yeah. holy smokes. You never yeah. know. You, like, I... Honestly, there's some people where it's like, I I wish I kept in contact with this dude. I didn't know he was going to make it like that. And that would be a good one to have in the contact with. That's right. They're like, oh, wow, I dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, for sure. You're just skating through. So when did you start lifting weights? I think I started right after high school. So somewhere around 18, 19 when I got into college. I just wasn't. No sports, sports were gone for me, so I was like, I need to do something, and um, I sure as fuck ain't running, so (laughs) (laughs) I decided that uh, lifting weights was something, and that's why I joined joined a 24-hour gym, because I wanted to go when nobody was there, because I was so, like, shy and introverted, and just like, you know, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, right? Yeah. And uh, so I did that, and I was looking at, like, literally midnight, which now I would die, because I go to bed at 9 p.m., but then I apparently survived, and so that's how I got into it, yeah. And I ended up putting on muscle relatively easily. Um, good genetics for that, I suppose. Most of my family is pretty muscular. So, yeah, good uh, kind of rewarding feedback, right? Like, oh, this is working and doing this. So. And did you did you know, like, what kind of workouts were you doing? Did you start squatting and deading and, and the three lifts, or what were you doing? Um, I was doing more bodybuilding type stuff. I definitely always squatted. I didn't deadlift as much, and that's why my deadlift is kind of, been my hardest lift over the last two years for sure um but and then i ended up probably four years ago i herniated l5s1 it was a bad herniation like i couldn't i could hardly walk some days i couldn't sit for long periods of time so at that point i had to take a few steps back and just did like accessory stuff for probably the better part of six months yeah and so. how, did you, how did you how did you learn or like how to squat and how to technically do it I guess the internet, I suppose. I don't even remember, but I guess it must have been the internet. Yeah. I didn't hire a coach until two years ago, or a year and a half, I guess two years ago. Yeah, that's the thing with the internet now. I remember when yeah. I first started, like there was, the videos weren't out there, and you just, like you were trying to fumble through it, ask questions to, and you may or may not get the right information, but the internet now, I mean, you could get, like the, the Now way- it's even better, I mean, so it was 10 years ago I started lifting, so. Yeah, there's some internet videos, but not like the technical stuff yeah. you see coming out now. No, it's, it's yeah. No, what we know from ten years ago is insane. Oh my god! Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's, um, so you started, like, did you have, I guess you didn't have a coach or nothing, but did you have, like, ideas on what you wanted to do for programming? Or did you piece this together? Yeah, I just wanted to get as big as possible. I weighed, like, 100 pounds, um, just had some eating, just, I hate to use eating disorders, because I was never diagnosed with anything, just bad eating patterns, and, um, I don't know, decided I didn't want to be small anymore, so I was done with that shit, so I did a bunch of bodybuilding, a bunch of reps, just tried to put on as much muscle as I could. And ended up gaining, I think at my heaviest, I was like 140. Mm. So I gained like 40 pounds in eight years yeah, or that's, so. That's some good gains. It was good gains, yeah. It was good times. I mean, but now nah, I'm smaller now. I'm like one, 130-ish on a good day. Keeps Carly happy at least. <laughs> so it's, I mean, powerlifting does help greatly, I mean, for men also, but for women in terms of like body image, it's, for sure. Yeah. Is that what you find too? Like 10 years ago, I, rem- I remember. So I'm from the era. I remember if you told a girl, there's like a meme about it. Like your butt looks big in those jeans. She'd be like, oh, right. oh my God. She'd like, <laughs> go home. And she wouldn't eat for a week. You tell a girl that now, they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Like I've been working hard for that. So it's so different now in terms of like uh, muscularity on a woman now isn't like that's that's a it's not as weird. I remember when I first started, I used to get like the weirdest ass looks and shit in the really? grocery stores and stuff, just because you know any sort of shoulder or bicep vein, and there are a lot of people are like, "What the fuck?" But now, Nothing. hardly ever. It's so much more normalized. Yeah, it, it really has helped huge powerlifting, bodybuilding as well. But I think power because like, there's always bodybuilding around, like those fitness shows, etc. But powerlifting the last ten years really blew up, and it's helped change. Oh, for sure. Do, do you, I thought it was in too, because it really doesn't matter what you look like at all. Do, do you? Yeah. Well, that's true, too, right? Like, there's strength. There's something about it, too. Like, for me, in terms, like, you see people cheating their way through it. You could get, like, like if you're a dude, you see these weird oil implants for muscles. Then girls can get these weird implants all over, too. And it's like, there is something about the fact that if you, like, actually work hard, the discipline... I think, like, back in the day, even before it was, like, uh, more mainstream, this appeal in terms of look for a woman to have that, I still then thought, like, like the, the discipline, the fact that she's, like, in there getting after it, like, hardworking and what she could actually do, that's attractive, too. Those are attractive qualities. Right. I mean, it carries over in life. How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, like, I'm, I think it's good for women to, because men have that. But for a long time, I don't know why it was that it was some kind of, it was like ill-conceived for women. It was like yeah. negative. They're like, that's a male quality. It's like, why would that right. be a male quality? You know, I'm right. glad that's put the rest, at least to a yeah, large extent sure. anyways. Yeah, for sure. When, when you started lifting, um, was there a particular like power lifter that you looked up to that you kind of, that gave you inspiration and motivation to start? So I never really, I don't even think I really knew of powerlifting much when I started lifting, but I definitely kind of, quote, looked up to, like, the Dana Lynn Baileys and the really muscular chicks like that, yeah. for sure. Um, I didn't really find powerlifting until, like, maybe three years ago was the first time it was brought to my attention. Oh, wow. that, that's something, I don't know, you could do. I don't know. <laughs> I think I knew of it, but it was, like, an abstract knowledge. Like, oh, yeah, people do that, but yeah. not me. It, how did you? How did that happen? How did that come to pass? Uh, I, I really think it must have been, it's hard to say, but I was lifted in my now coach, Carly's gym over at Mustache Fitness, and um, 
I don't know. He's like, you should really try powerlifting. And I looked at him like, yeah, you're trying to sell me shit. Fuck off, whatever. Yeah. You know? You know, I don't know. Whatever your gym trainers are always trying to sell you shit, right? Yeah. And now looking back, that was not it. But that's how I took it, of course. But then, like, I was in grad school at the time and working full time. So I didn't have any time. I didn't perceive I had any time to be concentrating on anything. I graduated grad school and, I don't know, decided I needed more to do. So that's kind of how I fell into it. I have the time now. I like to do everything as a hundred at like a hundred percent. So you go all in. It's an all. I do. Yeah. Like I couldn't go all in before, so it was like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. But now I can. So. And when you went all in, like what I remember too, when I first found powerlifting, it was like, holy smokes, how is this all around? And I didn't know about it. it right. It was an eye opening. Yeah, it's like an eye opening experience. And I took to it like I became obsessed all about it. Kind of like you were saying, we're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Now yeah, for sure. Now we got goals. It's now I can, I feel like I can never go back to the gym now and be like, I don't have goals or numbers I don't want to hit or I can't do that no. anymore. I, I barely know how to train anymore without that. It's yeah, so yeah. funny. Like I take a week off after a meet and I'm like, how do I even do it here? <laughs> what, what is life? <laughs> I don't know. Like he's like, you can do what you want. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know what I want anymore. I no longer think independently. I need. No. <laughs> How much should I be putting on the bar? I know exactly. What I, need. I need direction. Like I, um, you know, I, I don't really understand people who like flow through life if they don't have something to strive for, some kind of passion, some kind of direction, some reason why they're getting up in the morning. It doesn't have to be a sport. It doesn't have to be powerlifting. But you have something that you're improving on, a goal you're working yeah. towards. Something. When I talk to someone and they're like, they don't have that in their life. There's another thing that I like it's that means a lot to me I can relate to that but it's harder for me to relate if someone's like I get home from work I throw on tv I chill I get some you know some housework done and I'm like yeah the housework like that's you know like I get you staying busy and keep a tidy home that's good but I mean you know I don't know how people can be content I don't know I've never been able to find like contentness and stuff like I always want more I feel like yeah. Like, I don't know how people be like, oh, this is good enough. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see it good enough. I don't know. There's always better. It's, it can't be a gift and a curse. I've heard about, like, Michael Jordan, for instance. You see athletes like that where yeah. it's to the point where he's, like, it can, it can dominate him. Like, he would have one-on-ones with, like, kids, and this dude is, like, dunking in their little faces, and he just can't lose, right? And um, he becomes, like, obsessed with, like, it... it occupies is everything and i can i get where if it's like powerlifting for instance and it's not necessarily where you're making all your chunkier income and other aspects you're like it can dominate where it's like man this is you gotta pump some brakes here it's getting a little much and there are people where like i think the tip of the spear greatness when you talk about that's i don't care michael phelps um you say bolt whatever the shit like whoever it is they probably reached a level of just absolute focus on what they're doing and all-encompassing dominance. But also, they were never content. They never, right. it was never enough. It had to be faster. It had to be yeah. more weight. It had to be more games won. I have to get up and keep throwing those three throws at four in the morning because I got to, we won one. Now we won two. No, we want a three-peat. Like not right. that I want people generations from from now to be talking about what I'm doing, and it's for sure that it's is like a, that drive like people have. I guess people like that. I don't know. 
But it can also be like you don't sit back, smell the roses, and enjoy. It can rob you of happiness as well sometimes, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But do you, have you had those moments? I, okay, so I've had a couple moments in my life where, you know, you, like you get so into the procedure, the day-to-day hustling, doing things, and then every now and then when you've reached a certain level at a certain moment, you stop, you look around, you're like, holy shit. Like when I was commentating, for me when I was commentating, I mean, everybody wants to be a sports commentator when you're a kid or whatever. Like, isn't that the yeah. coolest job ever? And um, it was Ray Williams about to go out there and squat. And I said something like, you know, we're about to watch the world's strongest man do his thing. And he was doing his whole Ray Williams, you know, bull charge, foot stopping setup about to hit that bar. And I remember he's like 10 feet in front of me. And it's a worldwide broadcast. And I'm a sports commentator for this broadcast calling it. And I got the chills like, holy shit. How did I end up in Belarus? Here I am on the other side of the world. How the fuck did this happen? And you got what? what you you get this moment in in um it's okay to get that like every now and then stop and be like oh wow this is if you got a moment like that like obviously winning the Arnold Classic and there is like a bunch of A listers there did you have moments where I mean it doesn't mean look you're ready to get back to work and you want more but was there a moment okay. where you're you look around and you're like holy shit. That was the weirdest thing. I don't even know that it ever sank in. I didn't go there planning to win. I mean, Mike Scanlon's there. Yeah. For God's sake, you know? Like, I don't know. So the whole thing was weird. I didn't even know until right before my third deadlift. And uh, Coach was like, if you pull this, you win. And I was like, mm, you know, I think you're shitting me right now. Like, no fucking way. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I never know what he puts on the bar. And I'm thinking, did he put like 200 keys on the bar? Because that fucking, that fucker ain't moving. Like, <laughs> I ain't pulling that. Sorry. <laughs> Like, no fucking way. But, uh, yeah, so it was weird. I don't know. You, I haven't thought too much about it. You're thinking, man, are you just trying to pump me up for this last deadlift? Because that ain't going to work. Come I on. know. That's not like him. So, I know I'm thinking, what did you put on this bar? Because we yeah, all know, right. like, yeah. it's not coming off the floor. What are you talking about? You pull, we're pulling for the win. Wow. I <laughs> I hope we don't need an intervention from God to make this happen. Now. <laughs> Can I, you shut gravity off beforehand? Because yeah. that's it right from the ground. <laughs> so when you did hit it, were you like, holy shit? Yeah, I turned it around, saw some white lights. I was like, oh shit, wow, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and you got the check and everything and started kicking in and feeling real. Is that, when for you, did you start realizing, because you've, you've now reached a level where like, yeah, absolutely, you're a world-class lifter. You win the Arnold Classic, you're world-class. You play on any level. I mean, you go to the world championships and you're right in the mix. Was that a moment where it's like, holy smokes, I think, um, you know, a self-actualization of where you've ended up in terms of your journey? It was more a moment of, I finally feel like I've put together a good meet and I haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, I've never been able to make most of my lifts in like a big setting. And um, so that's kind of why I went to the Arnold was to prove to myself, like you can show up to a big meet and you can put it together. And I don't know, like, I don't know what would have happened if I couldn't put it together. That would have been very demoralizing because that was really my only goal was go hit some PRs and then bring what you do in the gym to the platform for one. And uh, so that felt pretty good accomplishing that in and of itself. It gave me a little more confidence. I think, in that aspect. 
I know what you mean because, you know, we, we, we train like all year round. Power, it's not seasonal for our training. Right. We train all year round. However, it's also not seasonal for how we compete. We get like two, three, as opposed to other sports where it's like, you get like, I mean, hockey, you get like 62 games, 80 games, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Football, you get like over a dozen. So you can have a bad game. You play tomorrow. It's okay. Right. It washes out. Whereas for us, you have two bad comps, whatever it is, the weight cut, um, you, uh, a nagging injury, whatever the hell it is. You have two bad comps. Well, that could be your year. Yeah. Last I had year. two bad, bad nationals in a row. 2018, I hurt my hip like three months out and couldn't squat for like a month and a half of that prep. Like could not squat. And then squatted the rest of it through pain. Yeah. So, and then last year... I don't know. My water cut went terrible. I, how if I know what happened? But I was so bloated and nauseous by the time squats came around. I felt like shit. So I, I just fucked that up. Who knows? Yeah. It's, but, so yeah, it was just a series of bad meets were really weighing me down for sure. When you have a couple meets like that that are bad, that's when you walk in there and you start. Sometimes, I mean, it's, it can be a blessing because you walk into your next competition saying, I really don't, I'm not looking at anybody else. I just want to do my nine for nine, eight for nine, whatever it is. I just want to do yeah. the best I can do and put forth a good package that I know I'm capable of. I'm past that. Sometimes when you're looking at other people, then you get a bad hit, you get a bad weight cut, and then you get upset because you can't put forward your best. And then after, when that happens a couple times in a row, you're like, I just want to put forward my best. If that's third, that's fifth. If that's first, that's yeah. whack. Just yeah. hit the that's shit. Last. Hit the whack on the damn platform for yeah. once. That's how I want to do. Let me, yeah. so, Let me leave it out there. I'm content. Exactly. Where do you see, yeah. where do you see, now that you did put together the own classic performance you did, um, and if I'm not mistaken, that would have won nationals, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, look, um, people would have also, they've been training since then, so I'm sure the totals would have raised them, but... Where do you see yourself now, like after that performance and being able to piece together the performance you always wanted? Do you see yourself now being like, look, I'm right up in that mix. I put that together. Like when you look at the world championships, when you look around, where do you, where do you see yourself? For sure. Yourself? I mean, that's always the big goal, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously win nationals is goal number one and then move on. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, it's a blessing and a curse being coming through the American system. Because to make it to the world championships, sometimes you got to beat world champions. For sure. Right? Where, but you make it on the U.S. national team, damn near everybody knows who you are. You coming out of all these, like some of these European nations, some of these Asian nations, whatever. Um, I mean, it's a lot tougher to gain traction social media-wise and podcast-wise. They have podcasts as well, but... Obviously, when you speak English and it's, it's in first language to you and your social media in terms of the U.S. is huge... Um, it's a lot, so it's it's a double-edged sword where making it that far, you have like world-class lifters that would take a silver medal at the World Championships, but they also only took a silver medal at the U.S. Raw Nationals and they never make it that far. However, right, right so that's tough. However, if you can make it, you you get you are on the map immediately. Yeah, and that's, For that's sure. hey, nobody wants it to be easy, right? What would be the point? This is true. This is, yeah, this is true. Do you like posting everything you're doing on social media in terms of your training? Or do you hold some stuff back? Um, Kind of a mixture of both. I mean, right now I'm just in the hypertrophy kind of stuff. I've just been posting all the time. I'm trying to get better about that, posting more. But usually when I get closer, 
I'll lock it down a little bit more. Yeah. And are you a fan of the sport? Do you watch other lifters? Not just the scouting, but actually watch the competitions and stuff? Or you just prefer doing it? Um, no, I watch for sure, especially the female side. I mean, I love like Sam Calhoun, uh, Scanlon, Milliken, all of them. So I'll definitely watch them. I mean, it's just crazy. It's fun to watch. And I mean, I Sam Calhoun is such, she's so technical. And I just, I admire that so much. So, yeah. yes. Is, uh, have you been in a situation yet where you looked up to somebody and then you end up in the warm-up room and you're like, holy shit, I'm about to compete against them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I remember 2019 Nationals, uh, Meg Scanlon walked up and it was like, hey, can we share warm-up platform? I'm like, yeah, sure. I've been up to for a couple of years now, for sure. I've been following what she does. She's strong as hell, obviously. And yeah, so. It's, it's a weird moment. I remember... Um, so co-host Kathwee, uh was at the world championships in Sweden and yeah, he was like in back, he's an 83 kilo and this is the big Russell versus Brett showdown, the, the rematch, the second showdown. And, um, and Kathwee's like, oh, he's like, we got to find a, a, a platform to warm up on. I'm like, let's try this one. And he's like, who's on that one? I'm like, Brett. And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> He's contending for the gold, though. He's he's like, I'm like, yeah, well, we're, it doesn't really matter where you go. It's the world championships. Everybody's contending for something. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. And, yeah. And, and Kathwee himself out deadlifted both those guys and took a world record. So I'm like, dog, this is where you're at. It's one of those. There's another moment where, not even for yourself, but for other people sometimes, their realization of, holy shit, I'm, I guess I am at this level now. Like, yeah. I'm like, Kathwee, you're going to outpull these guys. You're going to break a world record. Like, you right. you deserve to be here, my friend. And it was... That's a, that's a hard thing, too. I remember, I started powerlifting 2018, and uh, so I made primetime 2018 nationals, and I had, like, the hardest time grasping that, like, I deserve to be there, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. So I'm trying to get better about that, for sure. But... It, it's... Especially if you're genetically inclined, like obviously you are, and a lot of lifters yeah. are, it comes so quickly. If you were like a 10-year veteran and then you made it, all right, because it comes in step by step by step. You, by the time you got to the top step of that staircase, well, yeah, I guess so. Maybe you got closer and closer. But if you started hop, skipping, and jumping up those steps like you did and like Russell and them, it becomes, I can only, I don't even know how the hell Russell manages. Like he, he went from... Let me try this. I'm a power builder type deal to holy shit, I'm a world champion. Yeah, right. I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy how quickly it happens. Have you felt that way to acclimatize where you know you feel like look at three years in most sports, three years is still fairly young into the sport. But now it's gonna start becoming a time where people approach you like you approach Megan Scan. And you're like, what It's so hell? weird. I feel like I'm still so new to it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not new to lifting by any stretch, but definitely feel so new to powerlifting still. I mean, I've done, like, four meets, maybe five. I don't know. So, not many. It's only been, it's been less than two years. <laughs> no, four meets. <laughs> do, do, yeah. do have you had people, like, I guess, here's the thing, though. We haven't had any competitions. The real thing is when you show up at a competition and people are like, oh shit, there's so-and-so and they want to take pictures with you and they want to talk to you and it feels weird like, wow, why, like, you know, you don't super, because you're you, so you don't super get it. 
you haven't seen that yet because the Arnold and then lockdown. But it's gonna yeah, happen. That's, yeah. It's gonna happen. Maybe you have. Maybe you had some DMs or something. Has any of that kind of stuff happened to you yet, or no? Um, no, not really. I don't think so. Or nothing I've perceived as like that. I don't know. It's. I feel like I'm such a chill person. I don't, I don't know that. I don't even know this. You know. It's. I'm telling you, it, it's weird. Like, uh, like I'm just commentating, man. I don't know, and I do a podcast. You don't think anything of it, and then only. Because nobody cares in your day-to-day. I wouldn't say you don't no. care. But not like, you know, it's not extra special in your day-to-day. Nobody cares. <laughs> okay. So then when you go to like a world championships or you go to like a powerlifting competition and you're like handling somebody or whatever, if people react to you like, oh, shit, look who's there. Let me get a picture with you. Let me, oh, man, blah, blah, blah. They want to talk to you. It feels weird because you're like, it's not a bit. You, you, it's a, you feel, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it, almost like an imposter syndrome. Where you think I'm not I'm not special though, and you feel like I don't. You almost feel like you shouldn't be getting someone looking at you like that. You're like I am not. Um, insert whoever's name. You know I'm right. not that. So you almost feel weird like that on a trip where it's like you feel a weird kind of imposter syndrome. Where you're like I feel bashful about it. I feel embarrassed about it. Like I when people ask me like when when I do commenting with the media team. The guys behind the cameras and the producers of the show and stuff, if people come up to me and ask for my like a picture with me and shit like that at the Worlds, um, they're all busting my chops and making fun of me, being like, oh, look at this guy. It, but I already feel awkward about it. And then, I imagine. And then when that happens, you really feel awkward. But they're your buddies. They want to bust your chops. But yeah. you feel like uh, it's a weird kind of like, man, this is not. Um, you know, I mean, it's just powerlifting. We're lifting weights and trying to control drill. It's not that big of a deal, right? And they know me from just commentating. Like I'm, like I'm yeah. a powerlifter as well. But they, it, that's why it's weird. That's why, or like, or podcast, whatever they know you from. That's why it becomes weird. Where you're like, um, that's where the imposter syndrome, I think, comes in. Where you're like, I don't yeah. deserve this. It's that weird kind. Of, I don't deserve this. You shouldn't. You know, you, I feel awkward about this. And you know, it's weird. Yeah, that's, exactly. one, that's one thing I haven't fully wrapped my head around. And that's probably a good thing. Stay humble. If you start walking yeah. in the room like, hey, look, you know, dudes, have you, have you, because of U.S. Raw Nationals, you see some big personalities. Yeah. You don't name names. But if you come across somebody where you did meet in real life where you're like, God damn it, that disappoints me. Uh, I there's been one or two that I would have like, hmm, you're not as friendly as you uh, are perceived on social media. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, it's just funny. Most people though, on the flip side, are super friendly and just chill as fuck. So yeah, and nobody really cares. I mean, we're just there to lift some weights, and yeah. then that's it. Everyone's doing the same shit. But there's definitely been one or two I can think of that I was like, mm, you're not who you portray yourself to be. <laughs> I have heard stories as well. I've seen and I've heard stories where people, like you're right, on social media, they're portraying something very, you know, friendly and easygoing and laughing and whatever. And then when you see them in the competition, like in person, and, and they are like not carrying themselves at all like that. And sometimes it is like a weird kind of like, you're good at lifting weights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, nobody cares. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you this, but nobody cares. Uh, no one anywhere but this room cares. You're, exactly. It's, nobody it's, gives a single fuck. You're doing nothing. You're, <laughs> like, it's 
soon as we leave, leave this warm-up room, no one gives a shit, I promise you. Nobody right. cares. Right. Literally. That's where like, it's... maybe your mom thinks you're cool, but that's yeah. it. Like, goodbye. It, it, <laughs> we are now in the sport getting to a point where people have, like, a lot of followers. Like, yeah. Instagram famous. We're not... None of us. I see we, like, powerlifting general... None of us are at a point that the sport itself is not a point where, like, people use the term famous, like, oh, she's famous, he's famous, but not, not like... Like, we know who they are, but nobody else. <laughs> Man, 100,000 people, 200,000 people, 300,000, that's nothing. That's spread throughout a 7 million, or 7 billion population world. It's nothing. Exactly, it's no one knows nothing. who you are, so get over it. <laughs> and, and those 200,000 people follow you or whatever, um, they just follow you in... Like, they scroll past you. They're not yeah. watching your reality TV show. They're not fans. Yeah. You know how many of them actually give a fuck? Like, it's not like they're, they're 200,000 fans. They're just literally scrolling in their day. And you are half a second on their mini feed. That's why, like, when I see that um, for King Lifts or whatever, I don't ever, like, I know it's like, man, this is not... Uh, this is this is this yeah. cool. I appreciate. It. I, I, it's but I, I never actually think get ahead of myself here. And I think sometimes people might and tell themselves, "Well, I have two hundred thousand fans." It's like, no, yeah. you have two hundred thousand followers. They will give you half a second of their day and then continue on. But you yeah. are not anything bigger than that half second scroll, my man. You know what I mean? It's it gets wild. For sure. Would you... Here's a question. I probably already know the answer. But would you... I wonder how many people, because I think I already know this answer for you, would rather, would prefer winning the IPF World Championships or having a million followers? Oh, IPF World Champions, for sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a fuck about followers. <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad at social media, y'all. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. I swear to God, there's people who take the 100 million followers. Or million I probably. Followers. I, mean, I don't know. I do this. I mean, if you're not doing this for yourself, I don't know who you're doing it for. Because we yeah. invest a decent amount of money and a significant amount of time yeah. into literally lifting up plates. Like, the fuck? <laughs> if you're not doing it for yourself, I don't know. What What are your own personal goals? Um, regarding like weight wise, or not weight wise? Because you know what, those are gonna fall. Relatively quickly, sure. not to new one. I mean, like career-wise, as a power lifter, career is a weird word to use because it's not really great. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like in terms of that, what is your goal? I think I really only have one major one right now, and that would be to win raw nationals. I think that's kind of my first step goal right there. So that would be my major one as of right now, and then move on from there. Start creating some new ones. And when you put your head on your pillow at night, do you picture yourself winning that world championship? You know, I don't even know that I thought that far ahead. Really? See, I'd say, really? Yeah. Really? You, I like to take it steps at a time, you know? Yeah. You can get off track. It can be yeah. if you look too far ahead. It's a case of prioritizing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Always, Carly always tells me, you know, stay in your lane. And I try to repeat that to myself a lot, and that's been a big help, you know? Like, just do what I can do and, you know control what I can control. So that's what I'm trying to do. That's, and that's like a key to, that's like one of the keys to life right there is don't stop thinking about other people and other things that are outside of your control. 
and just okay. you have a lot in terms of like what you can do the the impact you have in your own life you have a lot more than you think once you start focusing on that yeah for sure uh, absolutely one of the things here's one of the, the keys that i found too is when you have a goal and you chase down that goal when you realize the enthusiasm you feel on that day doesn't matter as much as you just do what you're supposed to do on that day. Execute. That was my whole thing for the Arnold, was just execute what you're supposed to do. Once you, That's it. Once you cross that, once you, once you wrap your head around that being, all right, my goal is this at Arnold, whatever you want to get, you, you and the, how I feel on that day, you disassociate your emotions to what you're doing and just go through the process. And that is discipline. And when you add up those days, and that's more, that's how people get things done. You'll have great days, bad days, feel great, feel bad. But once you commit to yourself, it doesn't matter if I'm not inspired today, I get it done. Exactly. Even if even if it's not the greatest workout, it's kind of shitty. You got to roll back on some of the weights because something's nagging you. Energy's low. I'm not saying you you keep the weight on the bar when it's not there. So you grind yourself in the, in the ground. Your nervous system gets overtaxed, whatever. That's silly. But what I'm saying is just you get some work done and you realize when you add up the days that you got even a little work done and then some days you got a whole lot of work done, that makes the difference to getting to your goal. Yeah, it's the whole dedication versus motivation thing. Right. I mean, we're not always motivated. Right. You know, I'm rarely motivated to go in the gym, but like, <laughs> I just do it. It's part like, of the routine, you know? I like you go, I'm rarely motivated. <laughs> no, it's all I go. You got to spend two hours under the barbell when I could yeah. be doing this other shit I need to be doing right now. But, but you know, it's the dedication. You schedule it in, you go in there and do it. And some days are great and you feel awesome, you know? And, you know, most days you feel neutral, like, all right, got it done. And then some days suck. And you're like, wow, gravity's hard today. <laughs> gravity's a motherfucker today. I, exactly. I, uh, yeah, sometimes you have to get in there and there's a point where you can hype yourself up and try to get yourself emotionally invested to shift some heavy weights. Like, you're like, let's go. We're like this yeah. many days out. But if you try that too many, like six weeks out, there, no. You, you, there's, no, you, there's no way you're going to maintain that for six weeks. No, you just have to go through. I mean, I remember people all the way up like two weeks till the end of like, you excited? I'm like, not really. <laughs> like the day of before weigh-ins, Kylie texted me. He's like, are you hyped yet? I'm like, I'm hyped to drink some water. But that's about it. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. I think the hype for the moment before the lift. And then I shut it down again. It's literally, you have to manage. Managing your enthusiasm is, is one of the biggest things I learned in powerlifting. Even, yeah. Even the day of. Man, I, I'll... Oh yeah. When people want to psych me up, like three weeks out, I'm like, no, hey, hey, relax, man. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of work to do. And Not then, time yet. In day of, people are like, are you getting hype? Are you? No, no, no. Listen, literally, when they tell me you're about to go up, and I'm walking on the platform, now my I'm um, I'm ready to rock and roll. And as soon as I walk off the platform, I have Got to it. bring it down. Yep. It's a long day. I just handled a girl for her first meet, and uh, it was a local meet. That bitch was like 10 hours long, and I knew it was going to be. Message the meet director, 70-some lifters, one platform, single platform, single session. I was like, we're going to be there all day, girl. (laughs) I was like, do not pre-workout first thing in the morning, you know, like, sit down, chill, relax. So between squats and bench, you have like 
three hours, I'm like, yeah. just go sit down somewhere. Like, yeah. go relax. Bring you see people, like, start pneumonia all day. I'm like, I don't know how you motherfuckers do it. Yeah. Like, well, I don't have that much energy. You, you, I've seen um, Joy Namani, the 52-kilo world champion from Britain, she, she like you've captured like, they'll have a camera in the world she's so chill. She, she's reading a book in between yeah. like 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 she's under a tree on a sunny day reading a book type deal oh my god so chill but you think she's at the park just enjoying enjoying the day she's so chilled out and relaxed and um i mean some people are like ah she's playing it up i'm like no she probably the book probably distracts her from everyone else and you just focus in like whatever it is not everyone's got to have a book but Get whatever brings you into the mode of just relax, calm down. You don't need it right now. Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't hold it all day, especially long meets like that. But I mean, even a quick four, four to five hour meet, you can't be adrenaline dump that whole time. Well, well it's, it, that's what it is. Is adrenaline dump. By the time you try to amp yourself up for deadlifts, it's gone. And nerve gone. Nothing robs you of your adrenaline more than nervousness. Right. So that's that's the big. That's where you try to calm down these the junior lifters. Um, in terms of like impact on the rest of the sport, you know what? Because we're approaching ninety minutes, time flies, huh? Let's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when people come on here and like for the first time, um, not yourself, you were you, you obviously weren't nervous at all. But some people do get nervous, and they're like, um, you know, fuck, I've never done a podcast, man. I'm a little nervous, and and they're like, well, I'm not entirely sure what I should say, and I tell them, don't worry, I've done enough of these. We're going to, 60 minutes to 90 minutes will come real quick. Like, it, it doesn't take much to just start shooting shit and then 90 minutes later. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, time flies. But one question I like to ask everybody, especially when I first have them on. You're starting to enter into a range where you, can, you, start, you will start winning titles like you did at the Arnold Classic. People start hearing your story. And as weird as it may sound people will start looking to you like you might look to other people and start looking up to you. And, you know, you're going to start going up to competition and like, holy shit, there's, there's Brittany and they want to take pictures of you and whatnot. And you start, even though you're focusing on yourself and your impact on yourself and your own goals, you will start impacting the sport, um, how people view women in the sport. You will start impacting people that look up to you and they see you as a source of inspiration in the whole night. And that's a lot to take in when you've only had four or five competitions, I know. But but you've right. you've already arrived there. Because the next US Raw Nationals, if it's in 2020, you're contending. <laughs> and you're going to be talked about in the preview shows. You're gonna be highlights. And if you make it to worlds, God knows. I mean, I will be commentating saying, There's Brittany telling your story the whole night. So when all this happens, when you are, when you're my age, let's say, if we all survive this pandemic, the end of the world. No doubt. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let's not get a hold of this. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's say you survive the, the, the zombies, you survive the cyborgs, you, the Terminators, you go through every single stage and you make it to my age. You're looking back at your career. What impact do you want to have had on the sport or other people, and how do you want to be remembered? I don't know. You know, I just try to be myself. Um, that's why I had to ask if I could swear on this thing, because <laughs> I'm going to ask for it every other word type person. So I don't know, just being myself, trying to be friendly and kind through all of that, and just, you know, keep pushing the limits of what we can do, just what we all want to do, right? That's why we're out there doing it. 
push the limits, see how far the human body can go. Yeah, and that's it. Sometimes it's all you got to focus on. And however people take it, they take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not for everyone, that's for sure. I come across pretty harsh and crass. I've learned that living in the South, man. Being a northerner in the South is pretty funny. <laughs> you know? Why is that? What is, I've been to Southerners are so, like, they're so friendly all the time, and sometimes my sarcasm just goes like this, and they think I'm serious, and I'm, like, insulting people and shit. I'm like, no, that wasn't the point. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get better now. It's, it's, it's funny. Somebody once explained to me, they're like, I don't know if it's like this in South, but they said, there can be some people who use please, ma'am, yes, sir, which are words of, uh, you know, kind words, but they can say it not kindly, like, sir, yes, ma'am. And it's, it's more cold, whatever, yeah. leave it out there. And there are other people who like maybe like, I would think like an Italian grandma who there's no please, thank you, very abrupt, but very kind, like sit, eat, eat, sit, yeah. eat more. Words, there's no please, there's no how are you doing, but it's so kind and friendly. So there's, and then depending on where you're from, you might be, Taken differently, where you're like, no, but that's not how I meant it. And For it, sure, you know, I have to tone it down down here a bit. Like sometimes right. around certain people, I've learned I have to tone it down. Like I know I come across. I guess I'm a pretty aggressive person to how I come across. So <laughs> just turn the dial down a little. I don't know. It can be, yeah. And then you throw it in context if it's like um, social media and whatnot. It can totally get taken a whole other way. You're like, whoa, hey, whoa, what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, talk to, I don't want to bring it up, but this is, that happens to be on uh, King of the Lift sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I mean. I don't participate in comment sections, so I'm good there. Man, sometimes you drop it and leave it. You know, just. Dude, I don't know how people get so heated in comment sections. They must be bored as fuck. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> man, there is like, yeah, you get, I mean, some people get so. I, I, <laughs> At some point, for fun, I should go through the DMs of King of the List, and you would be like, "Man, these people gotta relax." Like some people, like it down. easy, my brother. This is like, like we said, this is weightlifting. Relax, man. Like, We're a climate-controlled room. There's nothing serious about this yeah, shit. Like, yeah, we you ain't going to win, man. You're lifting yeah. some weights. Relax with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. For people listening, how can they a uh, follow you in terms of social media, and b are you doing coaching online if they want to go towards you for any coaching? I do coach online. You can find me pretty much solely on Instagram. It's at Brittany Simplicky or my name. You better spell so, that. You better spell that. Because I'm trying to spell that. It's uh, spelled just like how it sounds: F U P L I C K I Simplicky. Okay, there we go. And, um, all right, and, oh, is there any sponsors you would like to thank while we have you on here or anybody in general? Um, SPD for sure, because they are awesome, and Pete Spence is, like, the greatest guy ever is what I've learned in the last year. Oh, no, he's going to listen. It's going to go straight to his head. I talked to him. Oh, my God, he is. I posted, dude, I posted on my Instagram story just half sarcastically because it's getting humid as fuck down here, and I'm listening in the garage now, right? So I'm trying to pull out these extra small knees and they ain't going anywhere. Oh, I see <laughs> I see it. I posted, like, need to size up, size up. I'm telling you, five minutes later, Pete's like, what size? I'm like... A, who the hell am I and why do you care? B, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, Pete's, Pete is, he's a super nice guy. Um, yeah. Gutted about the SPD Invitational. We did a Dude, show that, that like, oh, man, I was, I know. I was going to commentate that and I was so, um, like me and Pete, 
he had approached me like way far out. Um, I think even before they announced it. And then like, man, we talk like on the daily, um, we have like a group chat, me, Pete, and a few other people. And like, you know, Frank, man, we were so excited. And we're like, oh, there'll be like a little mini press conference and um, with the lifters and beforehand. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, you know when you're picturing it and they'll be like, you know, if you could do like like almost not a full preview show like I do for King Elizabeth, but even 20 minutes, what showdowns? What's the background stories? Let people know. Take some questions with the people who bought VIP. And we're like, this is going to be so fun. Like, like It a, was going to be awesome. A, a press conference type deal or like a meet and greet the fans, I should say. I should say press. Yeah. Like a lot of press, but still like just like, um, you know, you picture it. You're so excited. And then like the competition itself, we're talking about the production and how cool it's going to be. The intros into each flight and the whole oh i was like yeah so gutted but whatever it is what it is next year hopefully if uh you know pandemic goes away i suppose well that's it we don't know fingers crossed but hopefully this isn't seasonal and this isn't if it's here to stay like some people like what if it's here to stay all right if it's here to stay it's one thing but we can eventually get vaccines and treatments. I'm going to say we have to get back to life eventually. I'm sure it is here to stay from my understanding, and I'm not an infectious disease expert. No one take any quotes from this, but uh, for sure, I mean, I read from the CDC, I think, the other day, it's basically another flu that's going to be around. Yeah. Not that I'm comparing it to the flu. No one get their feelings hurt. But as far as how it's going to stay around. Yeah. It'll be more um, how we deal with it. Like, so when people are like, oh my God, it's going to stay. We've got to do this every year. No, because we'll develop vaccines. We'll develop treatments. Right now, literally, you go to a hospital, they're like, well, I mean, we can, try, we can keep you hydrated. If you're losing, yeah. we can put you on respiratory, but we can't. You, your Hopefully, we'll get, some, we'll get some herd immunity going on as people catch it, as like healthier people catch it and recover. Hopefully, they can't catch it a second time and we'll get some herd immunity. But Right. And that's, I think that's all unknown right now, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and For I was sure. actually talking to, funny, I was talking to um, Amanda Lawrence about um, the SBD Invitational. And I was like, I totally forgot. Like for a second there, I was saying exactly what I was saying to you right there, being like, yeah, fuck, man, it sucks because we had this plans to do this, that, and the other, SBD, and, you know, talking to Pete, and I was so gutted. And then I realized, oh, shit, she was a real happy favorite to take that big check. And I was like, what am I going you might have lost. I don't even know what the check was going to be, but it like, what, 20,000, 30,000 U.S.? Like, I'm like, you know, right. you're the wrong person for me to be complaining to. <laughs> all of those athletes, man, that had to suck, doing all that training and then it just disappearing. Yeah. Well, uh, that sucks. Not that, I mean, Amanda had, you know, stark competition. I'm not saying she, like, it's a foregone conclusion she would have won, but she, we would be remiss to say she wasn't a favorite. And you can only imagine... If you're like, oh, this weekend I should be picking up thirty thousand dollars, and then, right. that's that's kind of sort of the plan. She's a competitor. She planned to win, of course. That's that's kind of sort of a difference in financial income. Like if you, yeah, there are people give up to train, right? I mean, maybe, I don't know. If you like a few months out, we're like, this is gonna be a fucking hot boy, hot girl summer. I got thirty k, and this is gonna be hey. Get the box. Get the barbecue. We go. We're going to camp. I didn't make any financial commitments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have some wine popping in my house. We're gonna have some parties. It's gonna be a hot barrel summer, man. If I got 30k, but um, yeah, it's a little different now. It is what it yeah. is. But I caught myself. And I was like, oh shit! But you probably before she even replied, I'm like, however, I'm sure you know you probably got hit too, and blah blah blah. I feel a little sheepish now. Totally forgot. 
you also got hit pretty hard. But um, whatever. She's young. It's it's. I feel tough for some people who are like like for some people winning worlds. It's for some people they're gonna win several times in their career, and you could probably see that. And for other people, it's like it's the Rocky Balboa moment where it's like, look at right. Yeah, I won. I may never win again. That was a fucking moment. That's the Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson moment where it's like, holy shit, that was it. I may, I can compete in another 10 years and it ain't going to happen again. But everyone's, I had my moment. In that, you got the SPD Invitational invite and you're like, oh God, this is amazing. And, and like, great. Now I get to parlay my huge upset win into the SPD Invitational. That's a, oh man, I'm like, this is great. Then to have that happen, you're like, wow. And like, we'll just win it again. Some people like, just win it again next year. Yeah, I'll we'll get that easy, right? Yeah, okay. I might not even fucking make it to the World Championships next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's, some people don't. I think it's tough. I think people are afraid to, uh, to say that, you know, they're gutted about it because it comes across as, oh, you don't care about all these people dying, right? And it's like, well, no, that's not it. But we can care about two things at once. Like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Sure, man. Yeah, like it's. I mean, the pandemic sucks, but this sucks too. Like, yeah. more than one thing can suck. I start starting my life. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roll with the punches. But, yeah, uh, no doubt. But anyways, listen. Much appreciate you coming on here. Um, yeah, me, thanks. Our know, half of your Sunday. Much appreciated. Love to have you back. Got no clue what the powerlifting calendar is going to look like. So maybe leading it to Raw Nationals, we have you back when things are a little more clear what we're looking at or or whatever the hell. We'll keep in touch nonetheless, my friend. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's all, you know, we can get back to it again. That's all we could do. Listen, thank you very much. Stay safe, stay inside, and we'll keep posting. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, you too. Thank you. See you later. And there it is. Um, Yeah, I'm glad that she came on. I had seen her leading into Raw Nationals. She was obviously one of the favorites. Um, Chrissy Max Power had won it, but it's it's a battle. Like these girls are super tight. And then at the Arnold Classic, um, she posted up. Obviously, she won the Arnold Classic. Uh, got best lifter. Got the check. Surpassed the total that won the U.S. Raw Nationals. Oh, but obviously, like Chrissy Max Power, really. Well, excuse me, pardon me. My total also has risen since then. Uh, time moves on for all of us. I'm not stuck still. But nonetheless, the point is. Right in the middle, these girls, both those girls and more in the 57 kilo class, which is historically a very competitive class, is extremely competitive worldwide. I mean, top five from the U.S. could win the world championships. Um, it's that good. And then you throw into the mix worldwide, obviously, Canada's Maria T, who is the current world champion, um, and some of the other girls around the world. So it's a very competitive class. I believe we had talked about Joy Namani. She was a 52-kilo world champion. At the European Championships, she won the 57-kilo class. I don't know if that was, you know, just wanted to check it out, see how it felt. Obviously, felt good. She won on an international level. Um, or if she's moving back down to 52 or, or staying at 57. But if she joins the 57s, there's another world-class lifter who's won the world championships and capable. Very competitive division. Any given day, any of these girls can win it. Brittany's right up in there. Brittany's right up in there at the top of the pack. She is an emerging star. So wanted to have her on it coming off on the heels of a massive win at the Arnold Classic. A little awkward when we don't know what the future holds this summer. Are we going to have a world championship? Is it going to be this summer? Is it going to be this fall? I mean, 
I would say it's day to day, sometimes it's hour by hour. In certain nations, these things are changing hour by hour how quickly this thing's moving. Um, you go from lockdown to state of emergency real quick. Like I said, where I'm from here, my hometown, uh, my city just went state of emergency um, from lockdown. So things are getting, you know, it, it's different everywhere, man. It's different everywhere. So glad she came on. As always, please do um, put this in your Instagram stories. Give us high ratings on whatever platform you're listening to. Tell your friends about it. People like Brittany deserve to get the exposure. Um, and it just, it helps the sport and push the sport forward in general. I hope you liked it. From the bottom of my heart, six-pack Lapidat. Stay safe, my friends. Stay locked up and wash your hands. Peace.